Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Thanks for listening to the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom up, America. Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios. Tyrac.com. What you get there? Unmatched selection. Fast free shipping. Free road hassle protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrac.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. Welcome in. Got a great show for you today. Uh, Pat Forty will join us. He's covered college sports forever. Works for Sports Illustrated. We'll get his thoughts on the semifinals, the finals, what it all means. Um, we got a good midway for you. We'll talk some Dolphins. Daniel Jeremiah is going to join us. We'll ask him uh, about Michael Penix and where he ranks in the quarterbacks in the upcoming draft. Get us ready for the college football semifinals and the final week of the NFL regular season, which is just around the corner. Um, okay, I, I, I want to start here. I think if we looked at teams that are surprising, right? I think the Packers have been surprising. Um, I think the, the effectiveness of the Ravens, like we shouldn't be surprised that the Ravens are in the playoffs, that they have the number one seed. I think that's surprising. Uh, obviously, the Chargers are disappointing. But so, too, on a different level are the Philadelphia Eagles. 
And at the center of it all is A.J. Brown, super talented wide receiver, comes over last year because, if we remember, couldn't come to a, couldn't come to a middle ground with the Tennessee Titans for a new contract, so they trade him, and he promptly gets a new contract with the Philadelphia Eagles. And, and herein lies the issue with a guy who you get that way, right? You become beholden to A.J. Brown. And all of his nonsense because of his talent. Right? That's really kind of how it had. He signed a four year, $100 million contract with $57 million in guarantees. And last year, when things were going great, he was great. But this year, remember early in the season, you had the argument on the sideline. Oh, hey, that's not about, uh, that's not about targets. What was it about? Uh, AJ Brown is really in the first year of that contract. They have this year, they have next year, and then they could potentially get out of it in 2000, uh, 2000, at the end of 2024. Right. Get out of it after 2024. He, he got $24 million to sign up front. That's going back to last year. He got 12 and a half this year, 21 next year. The last two years, I don't think there's any chance he's in an Eagles uniform. And now, instead of answering questions about the offense or the defense, the defense is really the big issue. Um, And, you know, look, there's going to be questions about Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts went from, hey, can he be a starting quarterback in the NFL to NFL MVP? And we probably overdid it. That's fair. That's reasonable. Now you got to answer questions about A.J. Brown. Here's A.J. Brown and what he said to his teammates in a private meeting. The Queen City will wear the crown after midnight back home in the... If I say something, I do anything, I'm, I'm, I'm classified as a monster, you know? Honestly, you know, and, it, and, it's, and it's honestly the, the, the opposite. You saw my frustration on the field. It wasn't about the play call. It wasn't about none of that. It was about my guy getting banged up. But that was, that was it. You know, I apologize to my teammates today. They shouldn't have to, have to answer questions on my behalf. Here's, AJ, uh, here's Nick Sirianni when he was asked on his radio hit, if he's lost the locker room. Okay. And then Brian Johnson, his, his offense coordinator said this in regards to AJ Brown. AJ is a fantastic player and uh, you know, he demands a lot of attention defensively. He's had a fantastic year to this point. You know, I think he's still on pace to have, you know, a career year. So AJ is somebody that obviously everybody in this building has a lot of, a lot of trust, a lot of respect for, and we got to, we got to do a great job of getting the ball. I have to do a great job of, of getting him the ball. Yeah. I mean, like the, the fact that we have to kiss AJ Brown's ass, you know, during a press conference, when we've lost every game in the month of December is it's mind blowing, but that's where we are. That's what happens when you're beholden to a contract and an ego of a guy. And look, I'm not sitting here, uh, you know, he, he was a huge part of Tennessee's success because they were so run dominant with Derrick Henry, but he had, he went and went and won, but there's a reason Tennessee didn't want to resign him. Some of it was new GM. Right. Some was like you just want to save money and you get a pick and a young wide receiver may not be as talented, but you free up a whole heck of a lot of money to kind of remake your franchise. It hasn't worked so far in Tennessee, but we'll see. But some of it is like, dude, just a pain. And you're almost better off having a guy like A.J. Brown complain when you're winning 
than you are when you're losing. Like everybody knows it's bad. We don't need to be dealing with AJ Brown right now. Right now we got to figure out the defense. We got to figure out, you know, is Jalen Hurts healthy? You know, who do we match up best with? How do we get better? Instead, it's just we got to force the ball to AJ Brown. Of course, you want to get the ball to your to your best players. Like those are like dumb dumb talk. But again, the reality is now is not the time. And this is what happens when you're a front-running player. Things are going good. You're not hearing anything from me. Things are going bad. Hey, get me the ball. If he didn't do anything wrong, why do you have to apologize to his teammates? You know, and I know he had to apologize to his teammates because he wouldn't answer questions after the game. It's not so much the losing. It's how you handle the losing. And I think you can see, use that as the micro to the macro. This is why clearly why the Eagles are not as good this year. What is it? The um, disease of me, right? It's the disease of me. And look, Jalen Hurts hasn't been as good. He isn't as good as his reputation that he got last year. No, who could be compared to where he was previously? And he does a great job with the media and he, he just answers every question, but Rest assured, behind the scenes, there's a reason that he got every last dollar. Right? Every last dollar. That's why. So there's some disease of me there with Jalen Hurts. He likes that attention. He likes to be the leader. He likes to be able to call out teammates. And some of that is the job. Some of that is what, why you get paid all that, all that money. But this is classic... Post Super Bowl, all the attention, guys that hadn't been in the spotlight before think that the reason they went to a Super Bowl is because of them, and they're the only ones that can fix it and just get me the ball. Eagles are a mess. 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 I mean, it's one of the brilliant things uh, about Sean McVay, the Rams, even their guys. He's got two star wide receivers, two. And they don't act this way. They, they just don't. And A.J. Brown it falls into the trappings of so many other diva star wide receivers. But it's, it's why they're hard to keep around. Because they're front-running guys. And they're guys that think they can, I, I, I'm always open. Give me the ball. I'll fix it. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What up with you, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com, we'll be get there. Unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, it's the way the tire buying should be. Welcome in. Mm-mm-mm-mm. So what we like to do on Wednesdays, it's hump day. What, what? Middle of the day? Middle of the show. Middle of the week. We like to try and get a topic. We'll throw it around the entire studio. Lorena will get in on this one as well. We call it the Midway. Stuck in the middle with you. It's time for Stuck in the Middle. The Midway. Okay, Jay Stu. I believe this is your topic, go. Yep, yeah, today I picked it. Um, I want to give out New Year's resolutions in sports, and let's just have some fun with it. Um, I can think of I can think of three things off the top of my mind that I want to get off my chest. But hearing Dan Byer just do the update about Tyree Kill, and I guess his house his house is on fire. Yeah, everyone's safe. So now that everyone's safe, we can kind of make fun of it a little bit. Um, I'm guessing maybe the people doing the investigation on the fire should take a look at all the friction between the bed sheets. Um, get, <laughs> given how prolific this guy has been this year, and that leads me to my first uh, yeah, New Year's how many, resolution. How many, how many kids does he have? They, they were all born at once, right? That's the New Year's resolution. Uh, Tyreek Hill, every child you have this year, try to have it with one woman. I, I want to give him that resolution. I and I don't judge. I don't. You can have a child out of, out of wedlock. Times have changed. I'm not going to judge anybody, but I think four kids by three women in a, in one calendar year that just seems excessive. So it, I just it, I think well, he it, needs it, it. It seems excessive. It seems expensive, and also like again, how often do it's it's a really nice house, right? He makes a lot of money. He lives in a really nice place, correct? Has to, yeah. Okay, so um, you haven't seen the videos of it? Uh, the overhead videos, yeah. Right. Nice, big old house. How often do those houses catch on fire in the middle of the day? There's no storm, there's no wind, no colossal hurricane going through, right? So, I actually think it's not crazy to think these things... Uh, are uh, th- this happened for a reason and it's not the good lord's reason it's somebody not very happy about finding out that there's more than one woman that had a baby 
at that at that time. Ooh, I like that. Um, who was it? Was it Left Eye from TLC? Who Left Eye? Down? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've seen some more. Andre Risen. I love so, that rumor, by the way. It wasn't a rumor. No, no, no. You, the rumor that you started. That's I'm a, not starting a rumor. I'm just <laughs> saying, like, if I'm investigating, it's like when you're a police officer. You know, they always, who's the last person to see them alive? Well, that's probably the person that knows something about where they are, if not something nefarious. So I don't think it's that crazy. Uh, okay, Dan Byer, what's your resolution? Yeah, I interrupt this uh, episode of Matlock to give you uh, a different different theory on uh, resolutions. Uh, mine's to Ja Morant, and that's just stop keeping receipts. Just stop keeping receipts. A heck of a return from his 25-game suspension. When he's in the lineup, the Grizzlies are just a drastically different team. But just stop keeping receipts. Let the past be the past. Move on and... Yeah, stop keeping receipts would be the resolution that I would have for John Morant. I think that's a good one because keeping receipts and, you know, Deion Sanders was, did this in the early fall, but, like, it implies that there are receipts on people that had unfair things to say about you. And you're probably dismissing the actual constructive criticism. You know, anybody who criticizes John Morant is just a hater, and I'm going to keep that receipt. That's kind of what you're getting at, right? No, actually, uh, we've, uh, we've, I don't know if you've seen the responses. He did a celebration, which I don't actually think it's, it's as bad as made out to be by, I think, Beetle and was it, was it the DraftKings show? Uh, Whatever. Uh, But now you have people saying, uh, Quentin Ewers did the exact same dance. Why aren't we calling him out? I don't think those are, that's a whole different element to it. But anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. But no, that's a part of it. Like the way he's acted since coming back. And I guess that was debunked, by the way, that he wasn't doing a shooting hand no. gun yeah, shooting correct. gesture. But just to not know or be have any wherewithal not to do anything close to a shooting gesture kind of speaks to how. I do. I do think in the replay, his fingers started out that way, and then he realized it, and so then he pulled his fingers in. Like, I think it, would, it was natural to him, and then he was like, uh-oh, I can't do this, or I shouldn't do this, so I'll just do it with my fists. I think that's what, what he was doing. But again, Quinn Ewers didn't flash a gun at a nightclub or a strip club. Uh, yeah, didn't I mean, that's threaten like, somebody complete, else with a, you know. like he Quinn Ewers hasn't been suspended twice for messing around with a gun, right? Correct. What are we doing here? Anyway, sorry. Um, No, that was fine. Yeah, no. Uh, So so what is the, if if there's the the top statement, sorry, about about New Year's resolution is stop Stop. keeping receipts. Stop keeping receipts. Mm -hmm. Lorena. Do you have a New Year's resolution? Uh, yeah, actually, I have two of them. I'll make them fast, okay? Uh, just from what we've seen in the past couple months while I've been working here, I think uh, the football NFL league in general should put flag calling. Uh, they should make it more precise and more accountable. I think that should definitely be a New Year's resolution. Um, also, I want Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey to kind of try and keep their relationship private because letting people in all the time can make it really stressful for them. So I really want them to focus on that. That's all. Wait, like you want them to focus on that? Yeah, like I don't want them to just, like I want them to keep things private to themselves, you know? 
How? Like, the good stuff. They don't have to let it all out. You know, that's what I'm saying. I want them to keep some of their relationship private. Obviously, when she's at the game, that's in everyone's face. Well, here, here's the problem, though, Lorena, mm-hmm. is that I, I don't I don't think they've tried to be public with what's going on behind the scenes. They have, you know, one of them rented out a whole restaurant so they could have a party, right? Right. The problem is that we have this incessant need to know if it's if it's a real relationship. Right. So by keeping it private, people think, well, I haven't seen them kiss or hold hands, so they might not be in a real relationship. By exposing some of the private stuff, maybe it looks like they're more in a real relationship. Mm, I do see what you're saying. I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm with Lorraine on this for this reason. And the reason why I was so reticent about it when it first started out is I really had doubts about the, how genuine this relationship was. But now that I think it's pretty obvious that they're a couple, that they like each other and they're they're together, I agree. That picture that they took in New Year's Eve that just went everywhere, that was a posed picture, looked like it was intentional, and then you have a whole fan base in Kansas City being like, we have so many issues. Why, why are we looking at a picture of these two guys having fun on New Year's Eve with, with Taylor Swift? I think in that, in that respect, it can be too much or it can be a distraction and like Stan said earlier in the year don't go to Brazil in the, on your off week um, I, I, I kind of am leaning towards agreeing with Dan I, I, I don't really because I don't really care it's like whatever you're sitting on a plane but it does take a lot of juice out of you and he's the only guy with some juice as a wide receiver for the for the Kansas City Chiefs, and they need everybody to be at their best. That's that's where they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I just think the reality is, if they keep it totally private, everybody will think it's fake. If they go too public with it, people say it's too public, and then it's fake. So I don't really know if there's a win a win in the, in that form. But it's interesting. Um, I just if I. I am resolute to the Chargers. Just hire somebody competent here. Like, let's not overthink it. You don't need to overspend. Hire somebody who's competent. You're not far away. I know they've gotten older. I know they're going to have to make some adjustments. But the idea of completely gutting what they've done, I don't... I think coaching was a major factor. Major factor. Um, I'm also resolute to... I want to see the... I can't wait to see the Thunder in the playoffs. To pocket... To just bottle up what they're playing with now and use it in the playoffs as they beat the Celtics last night. And then in Major League Baseball, yeah, I want the Dodgers to lose. <laughs> I, I, I want them to have a really disappointing year. I just do. I have no ill will against the Dodgers or against Shohei. But, I mean, you spend that much money in comparison to what other people spend. Sorry, you, you become the bad guy once you lose. So you want their resolution to be, we're going to lose. Sure. The Dodgers resolution. Yes. Interesting. I think it makes sense. I think with the Chargers thing, it was like, yeah, get the right guy for sure. But like, how about like think outside the box or think outside of the way you normally do things, right? Sure. The, the Jim Harbaugh hire would be way out of their comfort zone, way out of their comfort zone and, and just embrace that, you know? Well, especially too, if they're one of their rivals is also thought to be in on Harbaugh. Right? I mean, if if the Raiders are looking at Harbaugh and we think that there's a connection there, that if you're the Chargers and you can 
take him away from the Raiders, that's even it's doubly important. Has there been any though? Has there been any tangible recent examples of a big named head coach going to a division rival and you not taking advantage of that? Has there been any recent example? Wait, wait what? Sean Payton. That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do wonder, like, is the Sean Payton thing? They're better this year, um, but is that long-term, does that relationship work? Like, he's going to, great, he got rid of Russell Wilson, he's going to go get another quarterback. Um, and I, I think Sean Payton, I know Sean Payton's a better coach than Brandon Staley. But again, like, I don't think he would have gotten rid of Herbert, but he, there would have been massive changes within that team. So do we know that Sean Payton's absolutely going to be, at the end of the day, better than Brandon Staley? Um, I, no, we don't. We don't know that. And there's also the fact that I do think that Sean Payton has a bit, in terms of this Russell Wilson situation, of creating a safety net for him because of how bad the deal was. If there isn't success, he can also just point to the fact of, well, you guys signed him to this awful deal. And we are, we've got all this money tied up. So at some point, once it's freed up, then I can do my thing. But right now, our, our hands are kind of tied because of how awful of a deal that you guys did. You should just be thankful that I got us out of it when we did. I kind of want the Bills to get to the Super Bowl. Is that a resolution? Yeah. You know, after yeah. you said that yesterday on the show that they were... They were your third, I think your third favorite to win the Super Bowl, I think yeah. is what you said, or the third yeah. best team in the NFL. Yeah. I saw a report that they're, they're, the betting odds have them as the third uh, the third most team or best team to win the Super Bowl. I forget how you put it. They have the third best odds to win the Super Bowl? Dan's been on the Bills, too, for a, a couple months now. Like, I wonder what it is about that team that even though they haven't really performed week to week, that people are still real high on them. I, I think it's you just think that if they get hot that that is the team that you don't want to face in the playoffs. Now, I will say this for what transpired against the Patriots this past week in and they have gosh, four or five turnovers in the game and they still only win by six. Um like there's they are they are not playing to the point of when they beat a, the Cowboys team a couple of weeks ago. But again, would you rather face a, a young Texan squad or a Colts squad or, you know, dare I even say the Browns, because I think that the Browns are legit. But to have Josh Allen come into your stadium, yeah, I think that that's what scares people. You're right, 8-1. to one. Only the Ravens and 49ers have shorter odds to win Super Bowl for uh, 58. Yeah, you worded that a lot better than me. Uh, yeah, I think you did. I think he really did. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's part of it. Look, I just think Josh Allen's an incredible talent, and you hear other quarterbacks talk about him. Um, Stephon Diggs is a fantastic talent. I think they have some pieces there on defense. And more than anything, I just, you know, my childhood, in the middle of my high school days, was watching them lose four straight Super Bowls. And I don't know. I, they were... The 13 second thing just completely derailed them. Then last year, DeMar Hamlin, I don't know, I just, I, I kind of want to see him win. Kind of want to see him win. Any other resolutions, guys? Uh, I'd like Ryan Day to do something. Anything. 
anything. Just, just let's do something. I know it's only January third, but whether it be coaching staff, whether it be transfer portal, uh, yeah, just let's just let's do something. Do you see Brian Kelly fired a bunch of his defensive coaches? Yeah, four of them, including the coordinator. Bye bye. Matt House is out. Matt Matt gonna have to sell his house is out. And that's the midway. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Shortly after the show, our podcast is going to be going up. If you missed any of today's show, be sure to check out the podcast. Just search Doug Gottlieb wherever you get your podcasts. And also be sure to follow, rate, and review the podcast. Again, search Doug Gottlieb wherever you get your podcasts. And you'll see today's show posted right after we get off the air. So Jim Harbaugh answered a question about uh, potentially you know, going to the NFL or about, they all talked about the sign stealing stuff. Harbaugh said he isn't focused on the rumors circulating that the Wolverines could have wins vacated by the NCAA. I haven't heard any of those rumors. I guess if you want to live in the world of rumorville or speculation, Harbaugh told reporters Wednesday, we don't have any room to be doing it at this point. I don't know if you heard this. This is JJ McCarthy, his quarterback talking about the sign stealing story. 
I'd say a good number, 80% of the teams in college football steal signs. And, you know, it's just a thing about football. You know, it's been around for years. We we actually had to adapt because in uh, 2020 or 2019, like when Ohio State was stealing our signs, which is legal, and they were doing it the Away, we had to, you know, get up to the level that they were at, and we had to, you know, make it an even playing field. We do work our butts off. We do watch so much film. You know, there's a lot more that goes into play, and you know, a lot of stuff that gets masked, a lot of work that gets masked just because of the outside perception of what sign stealing is all about. So, um, JJ McCarthy's like, hey, everybody does it. Now, the issue is, it's not that if everybody does it or doesn't do it, it's that does everybody send a guy out on the road, which is clearly illegal, you know, they sent or do they simply just use the footage or do they film stuff when it's in their stadium, whatever. But I do believe what he says to be true. I, I think this, it's complete nonsense, complete nonsense, not nonsense that they didn't, I mean, they didn't try and cover their tracks because no one's checked this stuff before. It's never been an issue before. Le- legit. And, oh, yeah, by the way, this would be the first NCAA rules that anybody actually has to enforce. That's the other part to it. Um, if you want to live in Rumerville, they're not vacating any wins. They're playing for a national championship. If they win it, it'll be a national championship. The question is, does Jim Harbaugh come back and coach if they win? Does he come back and coach if they lose? Or does he go to the NFL? Stug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, so, uh, Bayer, now that we're we're creeping closer and closer to the national championship game, um, like a lot of this stuff, I feel like people are talking about it on a second straight day because, well, it's it's what happened last. Um, what do you think about Penix as a pro? Right, I, I have a. I guess, actually, you know, I'm going to ask you, but I'm going to give my answer first, if you don't mind. Again, I know that he's older and he's had the knee, he had the knee issue, he tore his knee up when he was at Indiana. I think the age matters less now than it ever has before. And and here's why. Uh, Almost every first round, I think every first round draft pick quarterback plays their first year. I plays their first year. And. That first contract is everything because year two, three, and four, you're getting a quarterback at next to nothing in comparison to what they're going to make the rest of their career. So if you have a guy who's really young and, you know, he's 21, his ceiling may be higher, but that may be in his second contract. Whereas this guy's more developed, ready to play, and maybe of greater value in that first contract, which is what it's all about anyway. It just, do you like that logic at all? I yeah, the logic's fine with me. I just am, I'm not wrapped up into him being 24 years old. You know, considering that I think teams, and I think this is a major flaw, by the way. But if we're going by the team's logic, teams want to find a guy that's going to be their quarterback for the next 15 years. So whether that is you know 22 years old to 37 years old or 24 years old to 39 years old, like that doesn't bother me. The thing that I will say on my side of Penix, Michael Penix, is that when I saw him throw right-handed, and by that there is a video that was circulating on Twitter saying like this is this is what Michael Penix would look like if he was right-handed. They flipped the video around, and his motion looked a lot cleaner. 
It looked a lot quicker. It was the left-handed thing that just visually made me wonder. I'm like, gosh, that just seems like a, such a weird, awkward, slow release. But it was completely and because he was left-handed, and you just don't see it that much. So when the video was flipped around, and it was just from the Sugar Bowl the other night of him throwing right-handed, I'm like, oh yeah, that looks a lot more normal. Um, yeah, I think I think that he he works out in the in the NFL, and I actually think that C.J. Stroud's success with the Texans will help Pettix's draft order or you know situation. Considering I think that he can come right in and do what he needs to do. So I think that's yeah, that's a huge huge thing. I think that he'll be he'll be fine. I don't think he'll go ahead of uh, Jaden Daniels, Drake May, or Caleb Williams. But you know, if we're sitting there talking about top ten, top fifteen, yeah. Absolutely, I think that that he works. Yeah, Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, let's welcome in Pat Forty, who writes for Sports Illustrated. He's covered college sports forever. Uh, Pat, if you were gonna, well, let's start with the Rose Bowl. Okay, where the semifinals was played at the Rose Bowl. Um, how would you contextualize that game if somebody didn't watch it at all? The the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Uh, you know, I mean, it was a, a phenomenal game between two teams that at varying points looked like they didn't want to win. <laughs> uh, I mean, just some some really bad errors, but that might have been part and parcel of not playing in a month. Um, but, you know, incredibly dramatic. Uh, Michigan should have probably been winning by 10 to 14 points uh, at halftime. Had to feel sick about it. Then looked like they were going to lose. Then get it back and drive for a very clutch touchdown to get it into OT. And, uh, you know, I I mean, if you're Michigan, it's one of your all-time best victories. It it was by no means a work of art, but a game they had to win, I think, for the program credibility. Yeah. Um, Let's start with Alabama. Uh, I'm of the mindset that's one of Nick Saban's best coaching jobs. His quarterback was average at best, especially as a thrower. Um, And you know, they're still kind of figuring out the new world order uh, of how NIL works. I think it's really hurt their depth as opposed to in previous years. Probably hurt some of their top-end talent. Um, it, how do you feel about Alabama's season coming to an end in the overtime, in overtime in the Rose Bowl? Yeah, I mean, it was one of Saban's best coaching jobs. Um, I didn't think they were very good at any point this year until they beat Georgia. I really didn't. I just thought that... They had way too many issues to be a championship-level team, but they kept finding ways to win. And then, you know, they got in Georgia's. They're in Georgia's head. I mean, if it weren't for Achille Ringo's pick six, Georgia's history against Alabama would be catastrophic. Uh, and, you know, they played They played very well on a day when Georgia played very poorly, and that got them into the championship. And then I think, once again, you could, you could kind of see the limitations and flaws of that team. And it does start, like... Quarterback inconsistency, offensive line not very good, uh, lacking in explosive playmakers uh, in a lot of different areas, and so I think Nick Saban did incredibly well to get that team to a national semifinal and ended OT against an undefeated number one seed. Do you buy JJ McCarthy's eighty uh, percent of the teams are stealing signs, and we had to we just had to catch up to Ohio State with our sign stealing? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear your question. I said, uh, I don't know if you heard what J.J. McCarthy said today, but he said um, that 80% of teams steal signs. And in fact, they had to catch up to Ohio State in terms of sign stealing in order to be competitive with Ohio State. 
Yeah, that, yeah, that was interesting. And I, I will say, <laughs> Michigan continues to bring up Ohio State in this. Uh, and Michigan's the team under investigation. Let's kind of keep that point in mind. But we keep hearing from various entities or people around Michigan or whatever that it's, well, Ryan Day's brother was involved, or Ohio State turned him in, uh, this and that. And now it's Ohio State had our signals, and Ohio State was cheating, and we had to catch up with them. There, there's been an incredible amount of finger pointing. Some of it may be accurate, but there's been a whole lot more finger pointing than accountability that I've heard from Michigan. You know, Michigan is by no means put up any sort of spirited, spirited defense that says, Hey, we've been wrongly accused in this Connor Steins thing. We didn't do it. That wasn't our guy. No, 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 no. They're, they're basically the turnaround saying, well, what about everybody else? What about this? What about that? So uh, I don't really want to hear it, frankly, from them. What do you think about their chances going into the finals against the championship game against Washington? Um, you know, I think it's going to be a great game. Um, I understand why Michigan's favored. I picked Washington before the playoffs started to win it all, and I think they showed why um, Monday night because the pass and catch that they have is unlike anything we've seen since LSU with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Jefferson and those guys. Uh, I mean, it is championship-level quarterbacking and receiver core with a really good offensive line. Um, I think Michigan will stress Washington's defensive front. I think they can run the ball at Washington, and we're going to have to see how Washington holds up in that area. I think the best hope for Washington, and I, again, I'm picking them still to win, but I think they need to get off to a fast start like they did against Texas, get in the lead, force Texas to play their – I'm sorry, force Michigan to play more of their style where we're going to go up and down and we're going to score points and it's going to be back and forth – uh, and then see whether Michigan can execute at a high level often enough to score 28, 35, 38, 42 points, whatever it may take. I, I'm not sure it'll get that high, but I wouldn't be shocked if it's a 28-point uh, winning score and, and like Washington 28, Michigan 24. St- Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Pat Forty is our guest. Um, does the 12-team playoff make everything better in, the, in college football? Um, almost everything makes a lot better. You know what? We don't have a debacle like that Orange Bowl. We've got a Georgia team in the playoff that could possibly win the playoff. We've got Florida State in the playoff with most of their guys playing, if not all their guys. We've got you know Missouri, uh, Mississippi, Penn State, um, Oregon, in the playoff and we've got great compelling games spread out over a longer period of time fewer bowl games that nobody cares about we've got more teams in the playoff hunt through november and more excitement for more programs and more fan bases uh i I, we're gonna have campus uh playoff games which i think are going to be phenomenal so other than look it's not perfect there will be additional academic stress and travel stress for players, and I don't like those things, but I do think a 12-team playoff will be a massive improvement over what we got now. Yeah. Um, look, I, I know you're a proponent of the future and of getting it right, and the playoff does get it more right, but how do you, how do you process the fact that the, Bulls are, the rest of the Bulls are dead? And even, even the Bulls leading up to the national championship game are really dead. That, that we've, 
I mean, the Rose Bowl is no more. How do you process that? I'm fine with it. <laughs> I'm okay. I, I, look, the Bulls have been a very fun part of college football for a long time. But I, I've, I have thought that, you know, if, if something needed to go to improve the overall product, losing some bowl games or losing the importance of some of the bowl games, eh, that's, a, that's the price of doing business. I, I am not going to cry a river for the diminished bowls. Um, you know, again, they've had, they've had a, a really cool part of the college football niche for a long time. And to a degree, they will still have some of that. But uh, I, I thought the bowl games also, the bowl system held back college football for decades, resisting a playoff, uh, insisting on some nonsensical tie-ins and logistics. And, you know, the, the Rose Bowl has to be at 5 p.m. on January 1st because we have to have the sunset at this point in time, you know. There's been too much resistance from bowl games to for me to sit here and cry a river for them if they're diminished now. Um, okay, so what does what, what does it look like? How can they manage this thing? Because you know, like they tried to cut back on the two time transfers, and a judge in West Virginia wants a kid to play for West Virginia, so he strikes that down for 14 days, and the NCAA goes like, whatever, everybody, I guess everybody can play. If if rules can get struck down by local judges, like what what do you do? How do you? Everyone says we need guardrails. They try and put rules into place that everyone agrees on, and then the rules get struck down. How how do you manage this thing going forward? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you there. Look, they they never should have had a waiver process when they said you can have a a free one time transfer. That should have been it. There is a free one-time transfer, and then there are no waivers. Your next transfer, you sit out no matter what. And then that's a fair, even blanket rule, and you live with it. But the coaches complain. Everybody's, oh, the NCAA is heartless. You know, and, and everybody knuckles under and rolls over. And all of a sudden, then you've just got <laughs> absolute free agency. And we're going to have guys, we already do some, Four schools in four years, five schools in five years. Uh, graduation rates will go down. Cynicism will go up. Uh, you know, they've blown it. They, they, the NCAA has completely blown that part of the oversight of their sports structure. And it's because they listen to complaining coaches and complaining ADs and overreact to them every single time. In, in, in what way? <laughs> because the coach is like, well, we, you know, we got to have this guy eligible because, you know, he had something bad happen, and so he needs to be immediately eligible. No, no, the, 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 what happens is they all know this is bad for the sport, but then they're all directly, they're like, well, like North Carolina, they voted for the new rules. Mac Brown was a proponent of the new rules. Then he gets a player in Tez Walker, who by the new rules can't play this year, is told he can't play, and then they, they act, they're like bothered by it. Right, so it's I, I don't again like I don't know how you proceed. There is there is no other place in the world that it works like this. I, I just I, I would love to see it where you have you have a whole group okay of schools. The NCAA is just a group, all the schools, right? And and granted, I I would like it to be more like the House of Representatives and the Senate, uh, where you know the the votes are skewed in terms of um, the, the maybe the power of the conference. But and that and that may have been the only way to save this thing. But tell me somewhere else that everyone can agree on the rules. 
the rules are put in place, and then people who wanted those rules are like, man, who created this rules? Like, you did. Like, yeah, but I don't like it now. Like, how does that work? Yeah. No. I mean, it's it's nonsensical, and it's ridiculous, And that, but that's that has been the system for however long now. Uh, it, it, it makes no sense. It's counterproductive. You're listening to the wrong people who all the, all the coaches in 80s care about is, well, I'm now at a competitive disadvantage because so-and-so got somebody eligible and I didn't. And they don't look at the big picture. They don't think about anything other than my rival now has an advantage over me. And that's no way to run an organization. But as we've seen, look, the NCAA has completely been unmasked as far as in terms of, of power and a willingness to stand up. And that, goes, that starts with the university presidents, frankly. That goes to the presidents who have just been buffaloed by their coaches and athletic directors. But then it goes to every conference, which is just like, well, we don't care about anybody but our conference. And so that's why you've got these issues that beset the whole because nobody thinks about the whole. Pat Forty is our guest here uh, on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Pat, Pat, last thing. Um, when conference realignment settles, okay, and it seems to settle for now, we'll see what happens with the Pac-2 and how that evolves. Who's the biggest loser in this thing? Well, the Pac, to me, the Pac-12 is obviously a massive loser because it's a, it's dead, um, and B, I think the schools that have abandoned it are going to find out that, geez, maybe this wasn't very fun. It's nice we're cashing more revenue checks, but when. UCLA basketball is going to play, you know, Thursday night or Wednesday night in College Park, Maryland, uh, or State College, Pennsylvania, and you're missing three days of class, and your players are exhausted when they get back to play somebody else on Saturday. You know, I, I think that those schools are going to be big time losers there. Uh, you know, we'll see what the ACC. The ACC is in jeopardy now thanks to florida state and we'll see what happens there but uh you know i think that there's there's going to be way more losers than winners in this especially if we hit the you know i guess the quote-unquote doomsday button and, and just say we're taking the top 30 teams from the sec big 10 and maybe a couple others and everyone else get out yeah i don't i don't i don't see that happening in the short term i do think eventually we're trending that way, but I, you know, maybe that that's a 12-team playoff. It ends up um, sufficing for now. Pat Forty, senior writer for Sports Illustrated. Pat, great stuff as always. Thanks for joining us. All right, thank you, Doug. All right, that's that's my pleasure. Pat Forty joins us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. You know, it's it's always interesting on how we use we can use stats to help us out and. Uh, Byer, you know, we, we, you and I have talked about this with the Bulls and how just awful the non-semifinal Bulls were. And yet you look at the viewership numbers and still holding relatively strong. And some the overall viewership numbers are actually up. Now, the lack of context in it, right, is that there's nothing else on and people bet on it. And most all sports are up across the board because there's more ways to watch. And some of it's about how it's measured differently. But again, am, am I missing something like this feels to me like the people that watch the Pro Bowl. I like Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl ratings were low, but there's still like four or five million people watch. Sure. And there was no football game last year. 
So I, am, are we wrong in saying these bowl games are awful when I guess it's the give the people what they want. And they just want somebody with a uniform on crashing into somebody else with the uniform. Yeah, yeah, that seems to be the case. I think our expectations also are, make us look at this a different way. Maybe because we were accustomed to a time where the bowls were of value. But to the point of if TV ratings are the same, I don't think that the stadiums are the same, Doug. I don't think that the the fan bases that travel, I don't think that that's the same. But then again, if you think of the other side of the coin of that, how do you tell a market? Let's just take, you know, Shreveport, Louisiana, that's where the, you know, Independence Bowl would be. How do you how do you tell that community that you know what you're not going to have the three thousand fans from whatever school come in for that weekend? That's a big deal for for the businesses or the restaurants in that area. It may just be a weekend. It may just be a week, and that's not the only city. Like there are a lot of different parts of it. So, you know, I, I I'm right there with you. I, this was the least involved I was to a bowl season, but if my expectations were different, maybe I wouldn't have as much of a problem with it. Hmm. Um, expectations. I just, you know, I, I I listen to you know some of these post game interviews and guys that play, and you're like, I, I just I don't know how many people understand how one how football teams are wired. Two, there is a certain like this is the last time to play with your dudes. This we we've created this. Well, it's the postseason. It's not your season. Like, would you stop? There's nothing more disingenuous. Ain't nothing more disingenuous than people going like, well, it's not the season. They played the season. This is not the season. Like, really? Because if you want to do the it's a meaningless bowl game, well, there's lots of games that are meaningless. Once you lose once you lose three games, if competing for a championship is the only, or, or a conference championship is the only thing that's meaningful, well, then nobody should play because all of them are meaningless. That's not how sports works. What is like, what are we teaching players? What are we building f- uh, with them? Hey, listen, once it's done competing for a championship, you can shut it down. I don't I don't get I, it. I would also say, though, that I do think that coaches maybe don't necessarily mind that players are opting out. It allows them to put their younger players in spots to find out more about next year. I you know, it's we used to hold bowl records against coaches, and now that is not really yeah, a thing yeah, anymore. That's a great point. Like now, no, your bowl record doesn't mean anything. But yeah. it's interesting on how you know it, it used to be, and how we judge old bowl records now. That that may be actually the most interesting da- thing. Dan is in ten years, we're not going to pay any attention to bowl records. Instead, it'll be playoff records. But there are older coaches that have great or terrible bowl records, and I guess we won't even talk about those anymore. Correct. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.